Welcome to the Mill Housing Nation podcast, where we bring you stories from real military spouses who have been in your shoes. From new spouses to veteran spouses, you'll get tips, tricks, and actionable steps that can help you along your military life journey. Now, here's Ashley Peebles. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Mill Housing Nation podcast. My name is Ashley Peebles, and I'm so excited that you've joined us today. Um, a lot of times when I get to introduce the guest, some, you know, it's the first time that I've met them. So you get to see us, get to know each other and hear our first conversations. Today is not like that. Today, I have an old friend that I'm so excited to introduce you to. She fits into this Mill Housing Nation world like a glove. Um, and usually I will let that person tell you how they're connected to the military. But today... I'm going to share a snippet of a story about how my friend Tessie Snow is connected to the military. Her husband uh, is, uh, was in the Air Force. He has gotten out now, my husband's Air Force. We were stationed together in England, and Tessie and I became fast friends. Our kids were great friends. We lived on the same street. So I went to one of her kids' uh, birthday parties right after we met. And I was like, I just love this family. So I went to one of their birthday parties and we were like talking downstairs. And we were about to eat cake and Tessie's, uh, Tessie's husband comes down the stairs. Well, I turned around and I turned back to my husband and I was like, honey, that's the man that delivered Charlie. So there you go. I was at Tessie's house. Her husband walks down the stairs. He is obviously a doctor and he delivered my firstborn child. So I was like, Tessie, oh. no, like we've been connected since our previous base and we didn't even know he like helped bring my first child into the world. So it's always one of my favorite stories to share with people when it comes to military connections, because we didn't know each other, but our lives had already touched. And then we've been really great friends ever since England. So Tessie, thank you so much for joining us today. I am so excited to be here. I had forgotten about that story and it was so fun to hear you share it, but it's my honor. <laughs> so fun to re to reconnect after. I know. I love to tell people that because I like you just, you literally never know who you're going to run into from base to base, but you definitely, you don't expect exactly. it when you're at a kid's birthday party and you're like, oh, hey, I, I know you, I don't know me, but I totally know you. So. That is wonderful. So Tessie, tell us, I know that he has gotten out of the military since then, but tell us your connection to the military. Tell us what you guys are doing now, where you're living. Just give us an update on your life. Sure. I'd love to. So um, my husband joined the military in 2000. He joined to go to medical school mm -hmm. and then we were, so we were in the military for about 14 years and um, we just loved it. I was a stay at home mom and um, it was, it was such a, such a fun life. So many adventures, so many wonderful things. And then about six years ago, my husband finished up with his time in the air force and we decided to go settle our roots. We thought we're going to buy our, our, we're going to get a forever job and we're going to have a forever house and we're not going to move again. And so we did that. We built a house and he, um, we moved back to Minnesota to our home. And then after a couple of years, we uh, realized the job was not actually the dream job we were hoping it would be. And 
we just, we just had an inkling to, to move again. And so we ended up moving into our current home about a year ago and we just, yeah. We've all done that. What's so funny is that our lives were running very parallel with each other and we didn't know because Mm -hmm. in 2018, we built a brand new house, designed it from the ground up and it was perfect. Like it was beautiful and I loved it. We had redone the whole inside And then during COVID, so last year, one year from, oh my word, today, one year from today, we've been in our real dream home, which is an old home that is right on the water, just like you. So that is what I want to talk to you about today. So I want to talk to you about this home that you found and that you are renovating. But before we get there, tell me about your business. Tell me about your job and your passion. I know what it is, but I want everyone to know, um, you know, kind of how that came about. Yeah, sure. So uh, we built this house and at the time I was a stay-at-home mom. And once my kids were getting older and they were all in school, I have four kids. I wanted to do something else. I've always been very creative. Um, I love interior design. Um, but I also found this new passion, which is surface pattern design. So surface pattern design is where you take artwork and turn it into a repeating pattern. And then that artwork can go onto things like fabric and wallpaper, wrapping paper, really any surface. And so it kind of combined my love for interior design with my love for pattern and color and my artwork. And it's just been a wonderful, exciting thing. So I started my business a few years ago. It's called Tessie Fade Design. And I have two fabric collections. They're uh, mostly cotton quilting fabrics that are out with Wyndham Fabrics. And then I'm currently working on a wallpaper line for my new, well, I say new house, but I'm sure we'll talk more about that. But my house is actually a hundred years old. And that was one of the things in, in when we built the house before, it was so fun building that process, but really I'm a designer at heart. And I kind of got to the point where we had done everything and I wanted to try something new. So that's why we ended up, one of the reasons we ended up moving. I totally understand that. Everyone asks, I love this. And I've always said that if I were ever independently wealthy, I would do interior design. It is my favorite thing on the planet. Um, I'm just too chicken to start my (laughs) Instead, because I'm too chicken to start my own business, I'm just going to live vicariously through you. That's what I've been doing. I love it. Everyone asks me all the time, Ashley, when you finish the house that you're in, you're going to want to move, right? And I'm like, I don't know. Like living on the water, there's something about living on the water where I just, I think I'm here forever, Tessie. So then I'll just help my friends or my kids. Like they'll be old enough then. I can just. (laughs) So now tell me, how did you find this gorgeous 100 year old home? Okay. Yes. So, um, so we were, had a lot of things going on in our lives and a lot of decisions. And we decided, um, my husband had switched jobs, like I had said, and he was commuting about an hour and a half to work. He didn't, didn't work every day, but it was still a long commute. And so we wanted something closer to his job. And we also had this dream of living on a lake, (laughs) 
we live in Minnesota, we're land of 10,000 lakes. So there's lots and lots of lakes. And we um, just always have this dream of living on lakes. So we just started looking for houses on lakes that were near my husband's work. And um, even though we're not very, very near, but but closer than we were before. And it was hard because a lot of the houses, I I really knew I wanted to redo a house. And a lot of houses that I was seeing, lake houses were either very, very cabiny, which is a a beautiful feel, but not what I was looking for, or they had been redone, but they were not in my style. So I really wanted a house that hadn't been been redone, that had a lot of potential. Um, I wanted something that was cozy. I wanted, uh, my, my business is really starting to ramp up. So I wanted an office outside of the house. So anyway, I had all of these, these things in my mind and I was just finding nothing. And then one day I was going to bed and my nighttime ritual of, oh, I'll just, I'll just check Zillow really quick <laughs> before I, before I get in bed. And I found this house. It was in an area I hadn't looked in before. And I just immediately fell in love with it. It was um, built in 1923. It had lots of quirky, weird things. It was on some beautiful land and on a gorgeous lake. And I, I pretty much knew immediately that I wanted this house. I mean, I spent the next two hours frantically just Googling everything I could think of, you know, is there a target, you know, <laughs> how far away is church? Um, you know, how, you know, where's the grocery store? How far away to the airport? You know, just everything I could think of. What's the lake quality? Um, and by, and, you know, two hours later it was, it was midnight and I came in to tell my husband <laughs> and he was shocked that I was still awake. And he's like, what are you doing still awake? And I said, I found our house. And he was, um, yeah, it took him a, a little bit longer to get on board with the process, but that's, that's how we found it. I would like to do a poll with Mill Housing Network on how many people find their home Googling late at night. That's exactly how I found my home. I did the same thing. It was very late at night. Yeah. I found it. I Googled my face off and I knew, yeah. I, and you know, they say like, the statistic or whatever from the realtors are, you know, within eight seconds of entering the home. And I will tell you, yeah. that was true for this home. When I got here in three seconds, I walked around the corner. I saw these windows looking out of the water and I knew that was it. So I know that yeah. that's true, but I wonder how many people know, you know, find it late at night. I wonder how many people from the pictures are like, this is it. I've got to go because it sounds like you and I had a similar experience there too. Now, was oh, there absolutely. anything with the house in particular that you fell most in love with? Was it the lake? Was it the, the office outside the house? What was your favorite thing about it that stood out? Oh, that is, that is such a hard question. Um, there's just so many things, but I think the thing that I was most excited about was this little green cottage that was on the property, but not in the house. Cause I really had this dream of having a home office that was not inside of my house so that I could really go to work and come home, but still have it just right on my property. And, um, 
so that was probably the most exciting thing is that it had this separate little house. We, we ended up redoing the whole thing. You know, it wasn't set up for what we needed. Um, but the bones were amazing. And that was, that was probably the thing that I was most excited for was to just have my own space to create and have an art studio and just really. We'll be right back after this message. Hey, Millhousing Nation listeners. I'm Lindsay Litton, the co-founder of Millhousing Network and fellow military spouse. And today we're briefly interrupting this episode to bring you this month's marketing update courtesy of Caliber Home Loan. And today's update is brought to you by my friend, veteran, and advocate for military families, Brian Burgess. Brian, what's happening in the VA business this month? Well, Lindsay, I'm not a fortune teller, but I will tell you uh, for all the folks watching this that if you are working on a refinance right now um, for your property that you live in, my suggestion would be just due to market volatility, the new administration, housing policies that will be coming out, and the Fed. If you are happy with the rates that are being offered to you now, I would go ahead and lock in and take it. Um, Just because it's not worth the headache or the stress to float is a term used in the lending industry to just not lock in um, and ride the waves of the market. I wouldn't trust it. Um, I would just, if you're happy, go with it, lock in, close the deal and move on. That would be my my marketing update for this month. Well, thank you, Brian. I appreciate your insights on that. And if you have questions on where to start the home buying process, I encourage you to download our Things I Wish I Would Have Known Before Buying a Home Planner. The planner literally walks you through the entire process. And we've got a special link for you in the show notes. And now back to the show. We're back on Millhousing Nation podcast. Well, I can't wait. Dream. <laughs> Dream big. I can't wait for our community to see the pictures of the renovation because it is yeah. the cutest cottage. I've ever seen. I like I took screenshots from online because I was like, oh, that's exactly that is exactly what was in my head that I haven't been able to put on paper to figure out. It is oh, it really is dreamy. So I was hoping that's what you would say. Yeah. I wanted everyone I'm so sorry to your website and see it. I can't wait for them to see it. So tell me this. Yes, Tessie.com. Yeah. So what is, so buying a hundred old, a hundred year old home, what has been the biggest undertaking for you? Or what do you think will be the biggest undertaking? Like you've only been there a year and you've got a lifetime of projects ahead of you, but have you tackled anything really big so far? Or is there anything really big in front of you that you think is going to take a lot? Yeah, it's been so interesting because we've never um, lived in a house this old and we've never had quite so many projects all at, all at once. So it was very overwhelming at first, even though we had no doubt that we, you know, had chosen the right house and we loved it the whole time. But there were so many quirky little things to figure out. Um, we started with the office renovation right away. Um, that was almost like immediately the first thing we started on and we finished that up pretty quickly a a few months later and it turned out amazing. Love, love, love it. But really we haven't touched the main house. I'm in the main house right now. And, um, 
I think I needed some time just to, just to live in it. So we've been here for about a year now and really I needed that much time to kind of get my head around the renovation since this is, although I've done lots of little mini renovations in other places, I needed a little, a little more time. Um, the thing that I loved about this house was the kitchen was already redone and I loved it. And the master bathroom was already redone and I loved it. And I, and so, um, and I loved the bones of the house, but I pretty much didn't like any of the aesthetics. So, uh, most of the, you know, it just needed paint and, you know, things, things like that. So, um, we're gearing up to start painting for painting. Oh, oh, sorry. Um, yeah, I'll share one. I'll share one more thing. So we're gearing up to start painting, but I think another reason why it took me so long is because I really wanted to honor the age of the home and I didn't want to just go in and start painting everything. And just right away, I wanted to really like honor those things that were original about the house. So I actually hired another friend of mine. Um, her name is Carrie. She's from urban restorative and she came and just talked through the house with me for one day and, and helped me to figure out what's original, what's not original, and just kind of um, talk through some of the, some of the things about, about renovating an old house. So I love that. And I love, no, I love hearing that you're going to be respectful of the era that it was built in. Because I think that is so important. I was just writing a blog post the other day on this same topic. And what I put in there was there's nothing more disappointing than like driving up and seeing this gorgeous Victorian home only to walk inside and see that all the charm has been stripped away, that everything that made it what it was is gone. So knowing that you are going to try to keep the charm and the aesthetic the same, but update it and renovate it and make modern touches that complement it. Oh, that's what I was hoping exactly. I was going to get to see on your blog. <laughs> I am gonna yes. I'm going to be following along like you, like you just don't know. It will be almost stalkerish. <laughs> so has yeah. anything over the last year surprised you about the house? Uh, let me pause right there before you answer that question. I love that you mentioned, I think that's going to be <clears throat> a great tip to our listeners that you felt like you needed to live in it and feel what it was like to live in it and see how life works with your kids in it before you really knew and could commit to what you wanted to do. I think that's such yeah. a great tip that I wanted to highlight because we moved into this house and immediately went to work and my husband was stressed out for two months. He was not the same person. Daniel was not himself. He was so stressed because we tried to combine moving and unpacking with renovating oh. at the same time. And that was our greatest mistake. Did we get it done? Yes. Did we survive? Yes. But there were days that he was just, he was gone. Like we were just surviving in a mess. Um, yes. and I wish that I had a podcast like this to where someone <laughs> said, move in. And then tackle your renovations over time, one by one, so that you don't make your husband want to run for the hills. Because that was exactly, yeah. <laughs> that was what I looked at. So tell me, all right, so over the last year, has anything surprised you about living in an old house or anything surprised you about the renovations to come? 
I think one of the hardest things that I wasn't expecting um, that surprised me was that um, when I have this vision in my mind of what it could be or what it's going to be someday, it's hard. It was hard to come to terms with, okay, but I need to find joy now living in it now, even though it's going to be a while until it gets to that point, that vision in my mind. So how do I reconcile those two things of living in a home that's not, that has so much potential and is going to be crazy, uh, crazy, mind-blowing, wonderful. But at, but right now it has, you know, doors that don't close properly and you know, windows that stick or, um, you know, just lots of quirky, frustrating things about it. And it's been a great learning lesson. And I really have decided what I've been doing to kind of help me through that is I've been creating little pockets of joy. I like to call them. I'm thinking about a blog post. I haven't written it yet, but you're the first to hear. So um, creating these little pockets of joy. So even though, you know, I'm in my master bedroom right now and I want to do a major renovation on this space, but it's going to be a few years down the road. And so in the meantime, I'm finding little corners and creating like I, I created a little nail painting station, you know, with a fun little stool and, you know, uh, adding curtains and things that, so I, so I have this corner that every time I walk up the stairs, it just makes me so happy. And, and I don't look at, um, everything that needs to be done or that could be done. Instead, my mind focuses on that one little area that I already did complete and fix up and it, and it just, it makes me happy. So I think I'm just learning a lot of patience and, um, and just figuring out those, you know, how to, how to find joy every day and not just at the end when it's all finished. Uh, and it's so, for, I'm so glad you said that because mm-hmm. I do think that that is what a lot of people run into, even not with a major renovation, like a hundred year old home, like just moving into a base house, you know, yeah. like you, you can't renovate a base house, you know, mm-hmm. you can make it home. You know, we all try to make it our home and we can yeah. try to do that really quickly. But if you can take small spaces inside that base home and create those pockets of joy, I think that blog post is going to be a winner. I think it's great for like 100-year-old homes or, hey, I'm going to live here for 10 months because the military told me I have to. Exactly. How can I find joy in a box house um, that I can't do anything about? So. That one's going to be a winner. That one is. Yeah, wonderful. for sure. So I can't wait to see. So I make mean, sure that on your blog, you share those little tips about how to create those pockets of joy, because we will all take note from that. <laughs> yes, I will. I will for sure. You'll have to keep an eye out for the nail, nail painting station. <laughs> I can't wait. And the patience is like yeah. patience. I don't mm-hmm. think what's so funny about being military spouses is I think people think we have endless amounts of patience because we are given a lot on our plate all the time. And there are so many times in our life where we don't know where we're going to live next. We don't know how we're going to be here. We know a deployment's coming. We don't know where it's going to be. We don't know where our children are going to graduate high school at any point. So there's so many different things that I believe people look at military families and they think, you know what, I bet they have patients um, unlike myself, where I personally know 
I don't think any of us have an insane amount of patience. As a matter of fact, we just all commiserate about the fact that I'm not very patient and I want my orders right now. Like I want yes. to know right now where I'm going. So yes. probably, I mean, I think that's a great tip and a great thing that you shared with everyone is sometimes when we're given these, you know, these blessings uh, that take just a little bit longer, it is just going to take a little bit extra from us, you know, a little bit extra from our patient's pouch to be able to get there. But then in the end, yeah. like you and I both know we love having a project on the horizon. If we're yes. too anxious to get it all done, you're going to want to move. So <laughs> you're going to run out of projects and you're going to want to move like we did. So just yeah. take so, your time and create your little pockets of joy. <laughs> I mean, I've just like, you have no idea how much you have helped me this morning. Like I'm not oh, going to show the camera <laughs> what you saw earlier, but we're renovating our closet right now. It had to be done. And my husband said the other day, he was like, you, I wonder where our daughter gets this where she has her clothes all over the floor. And I'm like, okay, sir, I know exactly what she <laughs> But my answer was my closet, the closet is just not a happy place. I don't like yeah. to be in there. It's not what I want. It feels tight. And in my last closet, the house that we built, I got to build my dream closet. And it's somewhere that I went and I sat. It's somewhere that I wanted to spend time. It's somewhere that I went to get away because it's exactly what I wanted. Mm -hmm. And this one doesn't make me happy. So I tend to crazy. I know it sounds crazy, but I tend to not even go in there to like put my clothes up. I know what I'm going to wear. I just kind of leave it laying around everywhere. And our room's a little bit messier than it has been in several years. And I told him that room's just not happy. And he was like, okay, well, if that's what you need to get your clothes out of the floor, we'll renovate the closet <laughs> right now. But I also, while I'm doing that, I'm looking, I'm like, oh, we're going to redo the laundry room. I want a new backsplash in the kitchen. I was just looking downstairs. We've got some built-ins. I want some great wallpaper to go behind the built-ins. Maybe yeah. I'll use yours. You know, maybe so far down the line, I'll get yes. I'm working. I'm working on it. Yeah. yeah. So I, I'm so thankful that you explained that out because if I did all of those things this weekend, I would want another project. So I'm learning yeah. so much already. So I'm to like close this out and to make sure that we get as much Tessie as we can. Do you have any advice for anyone that's looking to take on a big project like this? You've given us a lot already. So I know it's kind of a, a throw in question at the end, but is there anything that you would say if you've got somebody that they're looking into an old home and they're wondering, can I do this? Do you have any advice for them? Um, okay. Let's think about this. Okay. Advice for looking into an old home. I would say go for it. I mean, I think it's important to do your research, do your research, you know, pay close attention to that inspection because there's going to be things that need to be fixed. You have to go into it knowing that there's going to be a lot of things that need to be fixed. But, um, but then on the flip side, I think, you know, this house has been here a hundred years. I'm pretty sure it's going to last a little bit longer. And so that's great. You know, it has such great bones, just the structure of the house. I really wanted a home that was completely unique, that um, wasn't like any other house. And I, I really wanted something with good bones and this, and you, and you get that in a lot of those older homes, they have so much charm, so much, 
um, so many little quirky areas that sometimes are hard to figure out what to do with, but then, then they end up being your favorite things because they're just so unique and so different. And so if you have that in your heart of wanting to have a fixer upper or buy an old home, I would say go for it. I love it. And I read something on one of Tessie's blogs one time um, since they had moved into this house. I read where she said she can't believe she gets to live here at the lake. Like she Mm -hmm. can't believe that this is her real life. And when Daniel and I jumped on our dream home, you know, the one that we found late at night and I just Mm -hmm. knew it was the one and we got here. um, It's on the water as well. And I think the way that you know that you found something that's super special is every day I wake up and say, I can't believe I get to live here all the time. Like, I can't believe that this isn't a vacation home. I can't believe that I'm not on vacation. I can't believe that I've got to go back to a real life. So that was the greatest advice. Like, if you know it, like, just... Go for it. You can figure it out along the way and be smart. Pay attention to the inspections. But Mm -hmm. when you can build something or create something that's truly unique and exactly what you want, I think if you take the time to do it the right way, you'll never regret it. So I'm just so thankful that we got to have you on today. Tessie, we would love to have you back as you progress through uh, the renovations of the house. We would love to have you back. We would love to have you um, share your blog on our blog. We would love to see the renovations. So please keep us informed. So if people want to follow along, where can they find you? Okay. So, um, you can go to my website is Tessie Fay, T-E-S-S-I-E-F-A-Y. Fay is my middle name, uh, tessiefay.com and, or you can follow me on Instagram, which is Tessie Fay design. And on there, I have, um, a free room planning notebook, room planning workbook. If you're interested in, if you have a space in your house or thinking about redoing, it just has lots of tips, kind of works you through planning a space. It's completely free. So go and check that out. And I will for sure keep you updated with the progress. Well, I can't wait to see in that design workbook, people are going to flip over that. So I'm so excited. Well, thank you so much for spending time with us today. And if you guys are listening, make sure that you subscribe to the podcast so that you can hear more from Tessie in the future. And thank you so much. I hope everyone has a super blessed rest of your week. Thank you so much for listening. Bye. Thank you, Ashley. Thank you, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Mill Housing Nation podcast. To connect with Mill Housing Network, visit us online at milhousingnetwork.com.